Episode 4 of What Does It All Mean Podcast. It's Saturday night. It's 11. It's not 12. We're doing this a little earlier tonight. So let's get into this. I'll be having a guest in about 10 minutes. Jeremy84 Martin. Trippy hat dude. Just coming on. Ask him some questions. But I'm going to give you a break, a, a brief breakdown of what happened to me this week. And uh, this season I've been talking about my vaccination and how I got vaccinated. And um, everything we hear in the media is just like, go vaccination, everything's great, no negative. And I'm just telling you what's happened to me. Uh, personally, it's probably about a month since I've been fully vaccinated. Uh, this vaccination gave me anxiety, which I've never had in my life. It's given me uh, clammy hands, which I've never had in my life. Um, And with that anxiety, I went to a a doctor and they prescribed me an anti-anxiety pill. And then that made me dehydrated and I had heat stroke at my work. And this is vaccination related. So, you know, just documenting what, what's happening to me and uh, and this stuff, you know, because I, I got really sick and I'm glad I got vaccinated. But if they had that needle in my arm, I would say no right now. So that's what's happening with me. And it's Juneteenth. We got another... 56 minutes of Juneteenth. So this is the first time America's actually celebrating this, which is amazing. It'd be more amazing if uh, they made it easier for everyone to vote too, but that's a whole different subject. But yeah, besides almost dying and uh, Mr. Magoo being sick, he's getting better. Let's start the show. Let's start the show. All right, Jeremy, if you're there, 
Let's say we jump on and see if we can make this happen. I've talked enough, said enough about nothing. <laughs> What's up, Michelle? View request, go live. Hope everything's perfect in Australia, Michelle. All right, here we go. How's it going? Good, how are you, brother? Pretty good. Man, I'm glad you're doing better. Like, oh, dude, it was honestly, it was funny. I'll, I'll let the, the people at home know. I almost had to cancel this because I was in the ER uh, yesterday, and I didn't think that I was going to come out of the ER. It was that bad. So I actually sent a message to Jeremy saying, hey, I don't know if this is going to happen or not. And that was when I went in the ER, and then as soon as I came out, I was like, hell yes, this is going to happen. We're going to make it work, and fucking both alive. So <laughs> so I'm going to tell them how we met. Uh, I remember probably, what was it, two years ago, I think, uh, we were both at this concert, uh, the Lenham Claypool Delirium, and I saw you, and you just looked really fucking cool, and I walked right up to you and just started asking you questions about your hat and who you were. And that was, that's how we became whatever. And then I think I looked you up on Instagram somehow and <laughs> that's it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, so I'm going to ask you, what do you remember of that concert? That actual Lenham Delirium concert? Um, I remember just like having a good time and uh, it was pretty cool. Being oh, yeah. And you and. Uh, it was pretty awesome. <laughs> the one thing that stuck with me was at the very end of the, the concert when uh, when when Les just left Sean and Sean was just out there, you know, doing uh, Tomorrow Never Knows all by himself, man. That was like a fucking moment and a half. Like, I was shocked. I was kind of, I was looking at Sean, but I was also seeing a version of his dad. And it was, it was so magical, man. It was fucking magical. I know. It was so, awesome. <laughs> it really was. So, okay. Tell yeah. me about the, tell me about the trip you had. Like, how did that start? Um, I started like, I, there's a friend of the family that had a hat and I was like, oh, that'd be cool to make one. And I made it in 98 and, uh, been working on it ever since then. And That's amazing. Yeah. So I, we, sh we should tell people what that, what do you do with the hat? Explain your trippy hat experience to me really quick. Uh, if you can. Yeah. <laughs> I put like paint on it on special dates and try to get people to sign it whenever I can. And Hell yeah. Put lots of special things into it and. That's all. It's pretty much all filled up, but I could still do a little bit more work to it. Hell yeah! Who's the who's the biggest person or the most influential person that you got to sign your hat? Like, who are you nervous by? Man, uh, kind of a few people. But yeah, give I've, me him. <laughs> I've had like Sean Lennon and Les Claypool sign it uh, the same year, but uh, different shows. Like in 2011, I had like Sean Lennon sign it, and then a couple months later, I had Les Claypool. And That's so cool. 
I was talking to my brother, and I was like, that'd be cool if they got together one day and made a band. And then they did, and I got the... You created that. You created that. (laughs) I know. Manifest. (laughs) And uh, we got to tell them at that show where, like, my brother's like, oh, we were talking about how uh, you guys, like, we met you in 2011 and thought it would be cool. And they're like, oh, that's pretty awesome. I've had all kinds of people sign it. They're super chill guys. I like I met them at that show at the one that we were at and Yeah. I was super nervous like to meet them both because I love Les and I love friggin' Sean. I've been following these guys since dude, since like the Tibetan Freedom concert, even before that. My first Primus show, I was fifteen years old. I lived I live in Orange County. Uh me and my friends jumped in a van. We went up to San Francisco to see uh, Primus, Mr. Bungle, and the Melvins on New Year's Eve, okay? It was 1993. I remember eating mushrooms. I remember, like, fucking Les playing, like, Constantinople at 3 o'clock in the morning. I remember, like, getting out of that venue and having it pissing down rain at, like, 3 o'clock in the morning. I didn't even know where the fuck I was at, you know? And I had to find, like, this van so we could all survive but it was all through music and all through less. And and, and it was the experience that, you know, makes you a better person or just, you know, more curious in life. So, all right. So, yeah. So let's get off music for a minute. Cause like, you know, everyone's on the music trip and of course we love it. We love it, but let's get, let's get weird, you know? So (laughs) what's, what's the, Tell me some weird things that you've seen so far in this this uh, this human experience. What have you seen that's kind of not made sense or just tripped you out a little bit? Uh, one of the weirdest things I've seen was uh, December 23rd and 2012. Me and my brother were coming back home from or coming home to from Sacramento. We were going. Uh, we we're almost the Yuba City. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we're going over this bridge, and we seen like some red lights coming through the fog, and we we're like, "What's that?" And then uh, it was like a big, like black triangle. Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it was going like right over the bridge as we were going on to it, and. Uh, we're like, what the heck? And uh, I was like, pull over. And there wasn't like any space. And uh, my brother's like, oh, I can't. But we like drove slowly underneath it. And it was kind of like going up and over the bridge. And then we, I was like looking up underneath it. And um, it was like probably bigger than a city block. Holy shit. It was like really tall, maybe eight stories tall. Oh, my God. Yeah, or maybe taller. It was like almost like a little town flying. Like, it yeah. could have that many people into it. Almost like a pyramid. Yeah. And uh, we're like, oh, man. And uh, we didn't have any cameras or nothing. It was like 2012. and Yeah. Like, man. And then uh, another car passed us. So they, like, seen it, too. And then. Uh, wow. Yeah, and then we got off the bridge, and it was kind of headed toward the Sacramento airport area. Yeah. 
And uh, then I was like looking back and kind of, it was flying kind of over the levee. And uh, there was another thing that looked like a big kind of like, I kind of think of it as those like 3D puff Doritos they had a couple of years ago. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like puffed up like that and had like this big like engine or something on the back of it that was like lit up red inside of it. And then behind that, there's like a, looked like a plane without windows and the wings were curved forward. Holy shit. Kind of like a banana, like the the wings were like weird and it was, had a lot of fog or something coming out of the back of it. Yeah. And it was those three things in a row, kind of all going in the same direction. Oh my God. But whenever I tell the story, I mostly just talk about the triangle because it was so close and yeah. weird. And I usually don't say it, talk about the other two things, but... Well, it's funny because, you you know, recently we've had all that, you know, military footage being leaked. And when you when you describe the uh, that craft, that's totally one of the the the, the spacecrafts that I've seen. It's it's just a huge yeah. craft and it's that just flying night you know? vision video. They showed. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, that looks like it. That's scary and shit. dude. That's it. You know, it had a. Uh, three white lights and three red lights in each corner and it had two big white lights toward the front of it and they would like blink like one, two, one, two. Oh, wow. Now, sometimes when I look up at planes flying overhead, yeah, the planes look like probably about as big as the white lights were on the bottom of it. Wow. They were like super big and the wow. angle was like huge. We don't have anything that is a city block that can fly over us. And, I know. and we it don't make no sound that didn't mess with the, the radio or nothing like how people kind of say that the radio gets messed with or yeah, everything was fine. And it didn't seem like it was making any breeze or anything. It was just like kind of just floating over and, um, I was like, <clears throat> it was pretty strange. Very strange. And it was almost like getting to see like a celebrity you never thought you'd be able to see, like Elvis Presley or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. That's like, wasn't any expect to ever see something like that. And, uh, That's the best. Pretty, yeah. <laughs> I have a friend, and uh, this is, I, I work for UPS, and this guy used to work for UPS too. He was from, uh pakistan and he was muslim and he told me about this experience he had when he was a kid and he said where he was from like the ideas of aliens or different species from different planets they're not foreign and they're actually like in the quran and they're called these things called gens and uh yeah and when he was younger he i think he was like 12 or something he had to go to an outhouse to use the bathroom. So he was in this house and it was like, like, like five o'clock in the morning and he had to go pee. So he starts to walk out towards the outhouse and right when he's at the outhouse, he sees this gen. And what he said was strange was there was a wall. And as soon as the gen saw him, he started to walk, but not, he, he didn't just walk. He walked 
like up the wall and over the wall. Like he completely defied, you know, logic to my, to this 12 year old guy. And, and the guy yeah. was probably 35 when he told me the story. And he said, he's like, you got to look out for these gens. He's like, they're everywhere. He's like, sometimes their face looks like a dog and you just don't know. And, and they're like, these are just tricks to make us not want to look at them. And, and the fact that that's in the Quran, the fact that, you know, it's a completely different culture altogether. And they, they're giving these secrets to us. You know, it's a trip. It really is trippy. Yeah, I know. I've, um, had another thing happen when I was a kid, but I don't know if it was a dream or. Give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to uh, me. I woke up to like go pee, and I'd always like look out my window and to see what was outside, at, like the front yard. And uh, there was like, it almost looked like an elongated like stop sign. Mm -hmm. The shape of this like ship. And uh, had its door open, and I was like, "That's weird." I always thought, uh, like a their door would be like the navigator. You remember that movie? <laughs> like, Hell yes, like, we're well, on that page, yeah. bro. But it was just like a walkway, and I went, "That's weird." And I was all, "I wonder if they're like at our neighbor's house or something, whatever these things are." And um, then I seen like the tops of heads like moving in the this like rectangle window on the ship. And then uh, all of a sudden they just like start pouring out of the ship, like single file. And uh, they're like walked up the driveway, kind of like military single file and like a perfect line. They like these grays. And they walked up to my front door and I was like, Oh man, they're going to like break down the door. I better, like, go and wake up my family, and maybe we could jump over the back fence or something. Yeah. yeah. So I jumped off my bed and started to run. And then uh, as I was in running motion, I, like, froze, and there were three of them standing at my doorway. And uh, I could see, like, more of them going down the hallway to the other bedrooms. And I was kind of, like, running position froze, and... One of them started walking into my room and uh, put its, like, hand up kind of like like that. And, like, two of them, the other two by my doorway, kind of came in a little bit more and put their hand on my dresser. One of them put their hand on my dresser. And uh, as it was walking up with its hand, like, going toward my face, I could, uh, like, see how the eyes curved around their head. And it was, like, really freaky and as soon as the hand got to my like face uh, my eyes closed like they wanted me to close my eyes and I was like couldn't help but just to follow what they wanted and then I woke up and I was like was that a dream was all it seemed too real to be a dream it wasn't a dream dude because then, it, it wasn't a dream and then I like thought if they ever come back my grandpa gave me a shotgun. Yeah. And I was like, I'll just, like, shoot him. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, my neighbor, he was in the military, and he was kind of weird. He lived on the corner of the cul-de-sac we lived in. And mm -hmm. uh, he was outside at that same time talking to my stepdad, and he was like, if you guys have any guns in the house, uh, I'll be happy to hold on to them for, 
and put them in my safe. And you guys could come get them anytime you want. Wow. And then my stepdad came in the house and told me that. And I was like, oh, man, maybe he's, like, working with them or working with, a, like, they have people abducted. And I was like, no way. Maybe, maybe we all have. You know, that's what's scary yeah. because between me and you, uh, I don't know if three Greg's still on. Uh, this is someone I, I interview, or interviewed probably my first or second show. And uh, it was the same thing, okay? He asked me, have you had any uh, experiences, you know? And I didn't want to talk about it, bro. I just wanted to interview. And I, I didn't want to talk about my experiences. And he's like, he kept pushing me. He's like, no, man, like, tell me about what you've seen. And the same thing. I came at him. I'm like, yeah, I had a dream. And this dream, it's funny because, like, I was lying in my bed. And this, I'll tell you quickly. I'm lying in my bed. Uh, I'm 15. Uh and all of a sudden I'm having this dream and the dream is this like, I see this like white dove in the back of my head and, but I'm still kind of awake. Okay. And I'm like, I'm not fully asleep. And I'm like, what the hell is this white dove doing, man? Like what, there should be no white dove in my room. So my conscious mind starts picking up on the white dove. And then I, I felt like my body was kind of just being almost pushed down. Like, like, something didn't want me to move something didn't want me to get up and then at that point i just used all the muster everything i had in my mind everything i had in my soul to bust out of that sleep and just rise up and when i did just like how you said something touched you same thing dude something touched the back of my head and as soon as that happened that white dove and everything was just like ball and I was gone. Everything was gone. And, and I knew what, wherever I was, whatever was happening, I didn't want that to be there. And I feel that that white dove was just this, this sedating like effect, like a drug to keep my mind occupied. Like I'm some dumb fish or something. And they're just doing tests. And at that point I, I, same thing dude i woke up and I'm like that was the most real fucking dream i've ever had in my life like that did not feel like a dream i was scared to death uh and same i didn't want to sleep anymore dude it scared the fucking shit out of me and so i only told in my life i only told very few people about it you know i told the people that would get close to me because i didn't want them to think that i was fucking nuts you know, because it sounds nuts. But, dude, if I have that experience and you're having that experience, and I guarantee three, Greg has had the same fucking experience, it's it's how many experiences are, are all these people having? And to me, is it a rite of passage? Are you a certain age? And do these creatures just come in and be like, all right, dude, now we got to, you know, make sure that you're going to be on the level, you know? Are they, they implanting something? Are they trying to make us kind? Are they trying, like, what is the angle? But I definitely believe that, it, like, hearing you, hearing Three Greg, it just makes me feel that these aren't dreams, and that's fucking crazy. I know. And then, I had, like, another weird thing. I, it's, I think it's connected to it. It's like, um, I had, like, this meditation. I meditated and then finally, like, start seeing, like, visions. And I think, like, the whenever I meditated, it let me have, like, two special dreams, I think. Where one of them was um, I was uh, babysitting my nieces and nephews and in a house I've never been in. And a, a ball rolled out of the hallway in the dream. And I went, oh, I'm, 
they might be awake. And I like went to look around the corner and uh, this like girl popped around the corner and she had like bigger eyes kind of like, like that, but they look normal, but bigger. Yeah. And she had thinning gray or blonde hair. And uh, I looked up at her and I was like freaked out, like took my breath away. And she like tugged my head real quick and laid her head on top of mine. And it was uh, like telepathically telling me she's like, she's 11 years old. She's my daughter and she can't live on earth because she can't eat the food that we eat. Wow. She told me some other things I can't really remember. And then she's like, okay, I got to go. And she walked backwards and kind of went up through a hole in the ceiling, like a portal or something. Yeah. No, I I woke up and went, dang, that was weird. And then I thought about it. I was like 11 years. And that one thing I had, like, happened to me when I was a kid was in 95, around that time. How old are you? I'm 37. Okay, I'm 44. So... Uh, uh, you know, I'm just trying to do the dates, you know, because mine, when I had these dreams, it was very close to the 90s as well, because in 95, I was around, like I said, I was 15 at that point. So it that's a weird, weird time frame. Yeah, I think it happened around 94, 95. And uh, I was like 10 or around that age. And then in 2006, I had that dream. And uh then, like a month later, my sister moved into a house, and it was the exact same house from like that dream with a girl. Oh my god! And, and the couch—she put the couch right where it was whenever I was sitting on the couch, and the hallway was right where it was. And I was like, I had a dream about this house. Like, I was like, this is weird. And uh, I was like, that was an. Another weird thing, you know, it like went with that. Yeah, me, that, okay, I'll tell you a similar situation. It's a little different, but when I was, I don't remember, I was young. I was like 10 and uh, I was dreaming and I did, like, I felt like I was out of my body and I went to this random ass place, like, like the Ritz Carlton or something off a of Jamboree in Irvine. And I saw these fountains and I saw, like, I saw all of these things. Like I was, uh, like astral, like, like flying, like my, like my mind was there. Right. And I, th- I thought it was a dream. I'm like, this is just a total dream. I've got a really great imagination. And then I, the next day I told my mom, I'm like, what's, we drove by that place. And, and I go, what's what's in there i go i go i i had a dream that there i went there last night and there were these fountains and i started describing what was in there and my mom's like yeah that's exactly what's there there are fountains there are this and i had never been there but in my dream i had traveled there so i think what we can do with our our minds is is just way more than they'll let you ever fucking know and especially when things are coming to us in the middle of the night you know <laughs> so yeah. like i know and then i wonder why like what like why would that happen? You know, are, are, are certain people like the, the chosen ones to bring the new information into the, the age of now, you know, are certain people just picked out to be like, Hey, you know what? Like we think that you've got it. And, or is it just a mass thing where they go into everyone's, you know, life and, and kind of alter and fuck with them? Who knows? 
you know, right. or are we just crazy? I, I honestly don't think so, you know, right. because I thought I was for the longest time, but the more I hear stuff like that from you and different people, it just solidifies the fact that I'm not the only one having these, these things happen to me. Yeah, I know. And what was crazy was when I got sick this week, this is fucking stupid, but when I got sick this week, I'm like, man, maybe I'm exposing too much. Maybe, maybe we're bringing too much shit out and somebody's just trying to silence me on a different level. But that's all my paranoia and just, you know. Yeah. But it's yeah. a trick. We're, de we're definitely not alone. Definitely. Yeah. I know. And <clears throat> I've like a bunch of other things that have happened to me throughout my life. That's pretty weird. Like I want to know. We got about 40 minutes. Like We got 30 more minutes, so give me more. <laughs> when I was a kid, um, I think the first weird thing that happened to me was me and my sister were coloring in, in the color book in our bedroom, and uh, all of a sudden, these hangers started like thrashing back and forth in our closet. And we got up and ran out of the bedroom, and... Uh, I like ran back and I was like, I'm not afraid of no ghost. And then like ran out. <laughs> but, but it was weird. It was like someone had uh, both sides of all these hangers and we're like thrashing them back and forth. Yeah. And uh, then we moved into this like little house that used to be a train stop. Then it was a schoolhouse and then in the 1800s and then it was uh, made into a home. Oh, wow. And uh, when we moved in, uh, all the bedroom windows were broken. So the, everybody had to sleep in the living room. And uh, one night, something like called my name and woke me up. And I was like, looked around. And I was like, I don't see nobody. And it looked like everybody was asleep. And then another night, there's like a little ball that would when you rolled it, it would laugh and uh, kind of like creepy. And uh, I was sleeping and it called my name. And then I woke up and the ball rolled out of the, off the kitchen table and I heard it like hit the ground. I'd be out. Called <laughs> uh, up to my face and uh, I like grabbed it and threw it back in the kitchen and nobody woke up from that. And then, like, the third time it called my name, my mom heard it that time. Holy shit. And uh, me and my sister were there all alone one day and at the back door in the kitchen. It was like someone was banging on the door, like, they were aggressively wanting to come in. And uh, I looked back at my sister and was like, man, should I open it? I was like probably five years old, and she was eight years older than me. And uh, she looked freaked out, and I decided, I was like, man, what if it's the big bad wolf? <laughs> He's like yeah. a pig or something. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, I probably should open it because I might get in trouble if I don't. Yeah. And I opened it, and a like a broom was kind of like facing me like this and then it like stood up and then like fell down. Oh my God. And I was like, looked both ways and nobody was around. It was just that broom banging on the door. That's crazy. I know. And, uh, another time me and my sister were there alone. 
we were we only had like three channels on our TV and it was like nothing to do but we like could hear like some noises coming from the bedroom the parents bedroom and uh, I was like what is that and we like walked in there and we could hear like these voices they kind of sound like uh, it's like um, like kind of a mumble yeah what and we opened the door and nobody was in there we ran the road and like probably like nine o'clock at night and our parents were working and we like went to my sister's friend's house yeah and uh her dad's like you guys can't stay here so (laughs) we'll like walk back to the house oh my god i know that's funny the the only like see it's funny my skeptical mind's always like you know i don't i don't believe in like ghosts spirits all that shit but then you know here i'll give you my like big experience that i had and i was with my best friend he uh we were in this hotel called the Coast Inn in Laguna Beach that I used to live in. And me and him used to, you know, we're in a band together. So we were just like practicing, you know, he was, he was rhythm guitar. I was singing and, and uh, playing my guitar and we're in this room and my friend passed away in that room. Uh, not in that room, but he lived in, in that room. And uh, it's funny. I thought about this, but uh he didn't live there anymore. My friend Eddie lived there. He turned it into a studio and we're practicing. And all of a sudden I was just making some joke. Okay. It was like a joke. Like I was playing like, uh, like, Oh, Yoko, like, like our dear Yoko, like, Oh, Yoko. And I was messing around and I said something really just profane, like really like crazy about Yoko. Like I wanted to sex up Yoko Ono, swear to God, but even more like just, profane because it was just me and my best friend and i'm with my best friend i can say whatever the hell i want so we have this computer up on um like the it's on this couch and i'm nowhere near the computer he's nowhere near the computer i say this just horrible thing about wanting to sex up yoko and all of a sudden friggin the computer it doesn't fall but it's like someone smacked the shit out of it and it like flew across the floor right like someone was mad and i looked at friggin richard and i go did you trip on a wire or something he didn't move i didn't move and he's like no and then we both look at each other we're like what the fuck was that right and as soon as we said that the temperature just dropped like like 15 to 20 degrees i looked right at him i'm like i'm getting the fuck out of here and we we just left i left my guitar there i left i just left because it was definitely something that that computer did not there's no way that this object can just like violently hit the floor it was violent it wasn't just like oh it fell it like it it's like someone picked it up and threw it across the room but it was just me and him so that's some crazy shit. And then one more uh, thing that I, happened in my family was um, there was this girl, Jeannie, and uh, I was only four, but Jeannie was a family friend. She lived with my grandmother's uh, grandma and grandma, grandma and grandfather in Anaheim. Uh, she was staying in this one room, like the guest room, and she tragically got in a car accident and she, she died. And um, it was, it was horrible. And, when my grandma was like in the house same thing she like 
she would start hearing things, you know, like things would just start moving around the house that didn't before all this. And then finally she would just hear these things coming from Jeannie's room. Okay. Like constantly coming from Jeannie's room. So finally my grandma just like went up there and she went in the room and she just said it straight out. She's like, Jeannie, Jeannie, you're, you passed away in a car accident. You're no longer here. She said that. And then as soon as that she said that, everything stopped. Like, it, it was just like, it was like the spirit finally realized, you know, because you think about it, dude, you get in some crazy car accident, your soul's knocked out of your, your, your body, you don't know, your soul is still there, but your body's not. So then at that point, you're just cruising, you're just cruising. And why won't people talk to me? Why won't people look at me? Why won't you notice me? So you start thrashing around, and you don't understand it. And then when finally someone tells you you're, you're fucking dead, then maybe you, you realize and then boom, you're sucked back into the into the multiverse where you you're reassimilated into something else, you know? Man, I know. Man, I've always been worried about the I was like, if I ever got in an accident, I was like, that'd suck to like not know you were dead or Yeah, tragic tragic ending, you know? Yeah. I mean, and think of how many, I, I had a dream like a couple, like a week ago where I had this tragic ending and I was driving in a car and these, this train was passing and I was talking to the person and all of a sudden we went through the train, like we went through the train and I knew that we were dead, you know, and, but yeah. I was still there in the dream, you know, so it's, it's crazy, crazy dreams dreams definitely let us you know experience different things and i don't know what the hell they mean you know because it's our it's our mind operating in a whole just different platform you know the brain is a trick my friend it is totally so where do you live right now where are you at uh yuba city uh it's like 45 minutes north of sacramento oh nice my uh my my grandparents, the ones I was talking about, they my grandma's from Marin County and my grandfather was from San Francisco. They migrated to Fresno and then they finally migrated down to Orange County. So that's why I'm stuck in Orange County behind the orange <laughs> curtain of death, you know? <laughs> yeah. Man. I was originally from Bakersfield. Nice. And that weird house was like in Caliente. It's not too far from Bakersfield. Yeah. Like a little small area, like between Bakersfield and like Tehachapi. Nice. Yeah. I love California. What is Julia? Hi, Julia, by the way. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening. I often sometimes think my mom is still here. Well, that's the thing. Okay. I believe that the people that you're really attached to, th this is my theory. Okay. The people that you are just entangled with like Julie and her mother, me and my mother, me and my chick, we're entangled, okay? And through entanglement, we now know that, you know, say Julia's mom, that her essence is in a completely different multiverse, okay? Say it's gone through some black hole and she's now a, a purple person that's living on a different planet. Well, through the multiverse, we're all still connected. And through that entanglement, it doesn't matter where we are. We can always feel the, that, that power or that connection. 
And that's why you'll get those goosebumps out of nowhere. You know, I'll think of somebody that I truly love or, or I miss or, or just it, one time it was just John Lennon. I was looking up at the, the sky and I saw this little, like uh, this little hummingbird going by and I saw this other little hummingbird going by and, and I just right where I was staring into to nothingness. And for some reason, I, I, it popped into my mind. I'm like, that little hummingbird could be John Lennon. That could be anybody. It could be anything, you know? So the point is, I do think that we, even though we might technically die, obviously I don't think, because the atoms never die within our body, that, that we travel elsewhere and the experience is never really over. You know, and in saying that, we're all gonna, we're all connected to the ones that we really, really love, and I think that's where love and entanglement and life really come together. You know, so like that that friend that I told you, Julian, and, and that lived in that uh, in that 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 hotel room, I, I can feel him a lot. You know, I, I feel that he's not with me, but I feel that if I want to jump into his memory, find out who like, think about him, I feel like I can almost access that information. And that's where it strains because where does his information go when that journey is over? Does the information stay with the, with the soul or is it eaten up in the cosmos and we have to re learn everything or is it still in us? You know? So, and, and this is what I'll ask you right now. This is the whole point of the show. What does it all mean, my friend? Man. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's like lots of different kind of answers and stuff. Definitely. What does it mean to you? What do you think this life, what do you, th what is it all? What does this fucking experience mean, dude? Like what, like that's really what I'm trying to figure out. I'm stoked to be here. I wake up every fucking morning and I'm like, I told you I was sick. I'm, I'm stoked to be here. And when I'm not, I'm going to be like, fuck, what did it all mean? Why, what was I supposed to do? You know? <laughs> I think it's like a learning experience and growing and kind of like alchemy where they try to, make the metal or whatever it is until it's fine like purest form and uh maybe we're here to like try to like, get to our purest form and uh maybe it might take a few more a few tries like maybe reincarnation and stuff and that's all but i like that i like that answer that's awesome See, I'm, I'm at the end of the podcast, like eventually I'm going to write a book about all this. So these answers are, are kind of the, the thing I'm looking for. Like this is going to go in the book. These answers are very important, you know, because I believe that what, you know, your experience, what you think is happening, what, what three Greg is thinking, what Julie is thinking, these, these shape the multiverse as itself. You know, like you getting to the pure being and this person, you know, seeing love and all these are all different aspects of what make up the, the multiverse. And I, like you said, there's so many different things. There's so many just different facets of life that fuck, who knows, you know, and the, the aliens obviously know, you know, I, I do feel I do feel that the aliens are these angelic creatures and, and we get them mistaked as angelic because they are higher power, higher thinking people that probably, or not people, but yeah, people that keep order in the multiverse. 
you know, because I feel that we are a young species, like we're still young, right? I feel that other species have lived millions of years, but maybe possibly billions, okay? And at that point, if you've got a million or 10 million years experience more than us, and you've grown as that pure being, like you were saying, at that point, you would be angelic. If you just kept working on that pure soul of Jeremy, I'm going to be this pure soul. Sooner or later, that would transcend into a higher consciousness and a higher way of thinking. And I truly believe that there are beings out there that, that really do kind of keep, uh, you know, the force and balance kind of like the Jedi. I know it's stupid, but you know, like I feel there are other things beyond us that just, this is, this is one thing. So I'm a UPS driver. I was walking by a, a, one of those stink bugs and the stink bug had flipped upside down, you know? And, and my first thought was like, oh, I hate those things. They stink. They're fucking ugly. And then my second thought was, dude, that's a living being right there. And he's on his back and he needs some goddamn help, you know? So what do I do? I get like my little notes out of my you know pocket and I flip them back over and he starts walking away. He doesn't stink me. He just walks away. And I think yeah. that's kind of like a metaphor of what these these aliens are doing for us when they come to visit us. I feel that maybe they're just kind of flipping us back on our feet to make sure that we don't blow up this goddamn planet because we're really good at blowing up things, you know, and that's not something to brag about, you know? <laughs> Man. I know. I kind of think that some of them might be good and some might not be good, but yep. I think that they're trying to help and it's true yeah i've heard concepts of uh you know this is this is the one thing someone brought uh brought it up on one of the posts that i had uh basically there was a um, if the aliens came here would they treat us like pets you know and there's that theory or not even a theory there's there's uh be, uh there's video footage of Roosevelt's granddaughter talking about um, her grandfather, the president at the time, actually meeting with aliens on like Edwards Air Force Base, and they signed a treaty. I don't know if you've heard about this. Have you heard about this? I've heard about that. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. And the fact that she's on record saying it, saying that they signed the treaty and they were allowed to experiment with us as long as they didn't harm us they could take us they could do all these things with us as long as they didn't harm us well the, the shit kicker on that is uh i guess during like one of these roswell incidents is when they found a down craft the thing about the down craft was there there were like human body parts in there you know so they realized that they were like dissecting us and fucking us up instead of really doing good so that's where the whole weird conspiracy shit started but was the conspiracy was it you know how what is the truth like do we have a uh, some kind of treaty with these aliens do we have some kind of deal going on with are they running the fucking government i don't know you know it, it, i hope we find out one day you know that's all i can say yeah. i hope we find out I heard about that and then I like thought back about the military guy wanting to hold on to the guns and I was like that's weird maybe <laughs> he was really working with them or working yeah. with the government yeah definitely 
maybe like the gatekeeper of the cul-de-sac. Like, I don't know, because he was on the end of the cul-de-sac and we were in the middle. Yeah. It's crazy, bro. It really is. And then uh, one time we're just like driving back by the house and I was like, tell my mom about it. And I was like, look, there's that guy. And uh, it's like he heard me and he was like kind of walking aggressive to the car. And oh, shit. I, was like, I was like, go. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, just go. Yeah. Drove away. And I was like, do you see that guy walking toward the car? I was like, that's weird. I was talking about him, <laughs> like maybe being like, he's, working. He's psychically and, new. Yeah. I think I was, that humans are definitely psychic creatures. And, yeah. you know, I, dude, I've done tests where I've, been next to someone that I've been close to and I've literally tried to feed stuff into their head and vice versa. If I've done tests where it's work and they were concert tickets, actually, when I was about 15, again, those glorious days, uh, I had a friend, she, she hid these concert tickets in somewhere in my room, like months before. And I looked at her and I go, where are the concert tickets? And she's like, ah, I'm like, no, 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 don't tell me right now. I go, I, I want to take this out of your head. I go, let's, let's practice like telepathy. So I looked at her and I said, okay, I go, just, just feed it to me, feed it to me, feed it to me. And she just, nothing was coming. Nothing was coming. And, and I go, okay, don't try. Just, just, just think of the thing. Just think of it, you know? And I looked in her eyes, she looked in my eyes and I said the karaoke 10. Okay. And it was just random. And she looked at me, her eyes just bugged out. She started crying. And I'm like, I guess that's it. And I went and picked them up. There were the Caropeton. I started crying. And at that point, we knew that, like, you know, for her to say the Caropeton, and that came out of my mouth, it wasn't, oh, the green tin over there. It was the Carope, you know, tin. I took that out of her head, you know. So we are definitely psychic creatures. Does that come from just us naturally? Did we get implanted with that when we had these dreams? Or, you know, what the fuck? Who knows? You know, as um, maybe we're more open or something, and, right? Uh, yeah, like maybe I don't know, something might be up with like. Well, how come I fucking? How come I fucking randomly walked up to you, bro? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I know the hat, but it wasn't just the hat. It was you. It was you that I walked up to. And how many fucking people were there? And all of a sudden, I'm talking to the one person that's having very crazy similar situations like myself. It's a yeah. trip. And we're still friends. And I, and I stalked you on Instagram to find your ass. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it, and we're having this conversation now. is fucking strange. So everything like, has a reason. Yeah. I think, like, you meet the people you're supposed to meet. And some are, like going to be your friends and some are going to be people you learn from that, and stuff like that well you're you're definitely my friend and i'm definitely learning from you so i get the both the best of both worlds there you know so you're my friend too it's awesome hell yes okay so i want to ask you one last question this is totally just random uh i saw that picture of you and mike watt okay when you met mike watt how the fuck was that that was awesome that was <laughs> I was all, I was pretty lucky to like find out about that show, and I was all it was cool. It was at Harlow's and in small little club, and 
Also, that was really awesome getting to meet him. He's a beast, dude. He's he's the best bass player currently living. Like took his time with everybody and yeah. Also, that was pretty awesome. Him, him, and Les are the to me. Like I don't, I can't, you know, bass wise. I don't know anyone that's doing what him and Les are doing. You know, seriously, they create their own fucking sound. You know, and that's hard to do, bro. That's fucking hard to do. Yeah, I know. It's special. <laughs> like people like that. It really is. I met Watt. Um, I played a show. I, I opened up for him in a show in Long Beach, and he. Uh, no, no, no. He opened up for us, ironically, which is just crazy. But that's just because you know he had the nine o'clock spot, which is the best spot, and then we had the ten. So, I. After he got off, he was going to his white van, and I ran up to Mike Watt, and I was like, oh, my. and ironically, I'd seen him five years before at uh, Deep Piazza's, and at the end of the show, every time he plays, he's just like, start your own band, you know, start your own band. That's what he does, you know, <laughs> so that stuck with me, and I was like, fuck, dude, Mike Watt said start my own band, start my own band, so... I did, and then I got to, like, he opened up for me, so then I got to run up to him, and I go, I go, bro, I I listened to what you said, I started my own fucking band, and it's all because of you, and then he looked at me, and he was like, oh, that's actually, um, he said, some famous jazz musician, I forget the name, he's like, he would always end his show like that, so that's just basically what I'm doing, I'm like, well, it inspired the fuck out of me to, to actually get to the point where I get to play with you, you know, and I think we opened yeah. for him a couple more times and he was just, it was, he was great, great. And he kind of looked at me like it blew his mind a little bit that someone actually listened to him and, and did it, you know, but yeah. I guarantee I'm not the only one. I guarantee fucking thousands of bands have started because of Mike Watt, you know, seriously. Man, I know. That's like awesome. He's in, that's he's good. in, yeah, he, he's in one of my favorite bands of all time is Porno for Pyros and, that's where I first really started to see him in the early 90s because I was a total groupie for that band. And I just yeah. followed them around wherever the fuck they went. And he was just he, he was just in beast mode. He would dress up in this giant mouse outfit and he would just fucking own, bro. And I, uh, once I saw that, I was obsessed, you know? So Yeah. <laughs> That's like awesome. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, this was awesome. Um, I'm stoked that we, you know, got to do this. Are there any last stories or any last things that you'd want to throw in here? Man, there's more stories, but it might take a while. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, what I'll do is next season I'll hit you up and we'll do another one because that's what I like to do. I like to get people back. So this season we'll end yeah, another month or two and then we'll get you back on. Yeah, I'll be less nervous too. <laughs> oh, dude, look That's at all. me. There's, there's nothing to be fucking nervous about. This is just stupid Instagram. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> you know? That's really it. It's just about having fun and, dude, getting to hang out, man. I'm just looking at your room and looking at all the stuff in there like that. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. me and you are so similar because I see your Beatles thing and, like, yeah. like, I got my like Beatles thing of here that, that actually Julia sent me. Oh wait, that's Prince. Hold on. There's that Beatles thing that, that Julia sent me. And then over here I've got this fucking crazy um I'll take this off already since we're ending this pretty soon. But this is my greatest Beatles piece. I'll show this off really quick. 
So this is kind of like a mirror, if you can see oh. that. And yeah. my, my friend Jason, just he, he, he didn't want it anymore. And he's like, I've kind of outgrown it. And I'm like, dude, that is, that is beautiful. So anyways, well, let's try not to get abducted again. Let's try to stay out of trouble as much as possible. And bro, I had a lot of fucking fun with you. And let's do this again soon. Awesome. Well, All right, brother. Give it up for Jeremy, everybody. Uh, what's your what's your uh that my trippy hat is your other instagram feed as well if people want to come check you out there C go check out my trippy hat it's fucking awesome you get to see jeremy with all his experiences and guys i live through that i really do i look through those those pictures and i'm just like i feel like i'm fucking there with you so <laughs> thank you all right bro fuck yes it was awesome thanks for having me on Definitely. Until next season, my brother, what does it all mean? Yeah. <laughs> have a good one. You too. Signing off, everybody. You guys have a great night.